and we are the Knights of Entertainment, a podcast covering your favorite and unknown movies, games, comic books, anime, and more weekly. We appreciate you being here and hope you enjoy the show. This is what we are covering tonight. Uh, we are going over a Robin Williams classic, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yep. But before we do, like, share, and subscribe to the channel. You can enjoy the show on YouTube, Spotify, Rumble, Odyssey, and more. We also have membership tiers on those platforms if you'd like to support the channel, or you can check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash KOE podcast. Alrighty. So, it's an old movie, but uh, it's a very iconic movie of Robin Williams. Uh, one reason that uh, I decided to cover this today is uh, I've seen it trending, I think, last week. Uh, on a small part of X mm-hmm. for some reason. Hmm. So I looked into it and it was, uh, again, not to, uh, to get into that side of the culture, but, uh, they were saying that, uh, Robin Williams in the movie was transgender for the whole thing or a drag queen. Ah, uh, yeah. Drag queen. It seems more. No. So I, I rewatched it cause it's like, you know what? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Let's rewatch it. Let's see, let's see if you know your uh, your child mind didn't cloud something up uh-huh. or that you didn't understand maybe. And no, the movie has nothing to do with drag. It has more of like a impersonation or impo- like an imposter, but not like Big Mama. Kind of yeah. <laughs> uh, if you consider Mrs. Doubtfire that with drag, you'd have to consider Big Mama to be drag. Hmm. And I don't consider either. To do with that, so I'll get that out of the way first. That was I don't know enough about drag to put any opinion, so I'm just gonna listen. Unfortunately, I've seen too much. <laughs> the people, uh, the, there's a few that I work with. So you ever see too much porn? You're just like, man, that's enough. It's today. Like, <sighs> you, you ever reach the back end of the porn uh, search bar? <laughs> like, I guess I didn't find it. <laughs> you went through every page. Like, you go? Could you imagine going through every single page? <laughs> Like page 2015. It's like, uh, and then there's no, no 2016. Uh, you're like, oh, I made it. My God. <laughs> it's be... like you, you see everything, but you watch nothing. Yeah. But, yeah. God. You, just, you just close your laptop. You're just scrolling the entire you just, time. You close your laptop and you sit there in the dark. <laughs> your boner slowly deflated like three hours ago. <laughs> now you're just trying to see if you can make it to the end. <laughs> What's at the end of this rainbow? Nothing. Nothing but sin. <laughs> you have Jesus at the end saying, I don't know how you did that. You know, I was reading an article in The Economist. Uh, you know, the age of consent in Japan was 13 until uh, July or June. Now it's 16. But the age of adulthood dropped from 20 to 18. I'm real confused. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm glad I like older women. Yeah. Because I, I'll be like, oh, I want to be like, oh, but she's, she's. I don't want to be like that guy. Like, oh, but she's legal. Be yeah. that fucking pervert. I see. Uh, that, I don't. I don't understand if the legal age of consent in Japan was 13. Yeah. But the uh, adult age, adulthood age is 20. I don't understand what's. I don't understand. Yeah. That's weird. That's another thing I thought about age of consent was like. They say, look, 18 is legal here, right? right? So you accept 18. But if it was 13, would you, I, I wouldn't accept 13. No. That's way too young. I, I think it's one of those kind of things that they just didn't, they don't do. 
But that's what I, I'm so confused about. Their, so their age of consent is 13, but their age of adulthood is, was 20. Mm-hmm. And it used to be 13 for consent. Is that not, isn't, I thought age of consent and adulthood were the same thing. No. It's like once you reach 18. No. Cause, uh, you're an adult and you can have sex legally. Well, uh, the age of consent in most states is like 16 or 17. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, the reason they set it up that way, supposedly, is because of a Romeo and Juliet law. Which means that, like, say you're both in high school. Okay. So if the girl... What if I'm, like, 45? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... Because no. I'm dumb as fuck. No, no. That doesn't work. <laughs> oh, but I'm a high school student. No. So, so you're 57 years old. Exactly. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but it's more of a... Um, like, say, if you had a high school couple that were a couple of years... Like, one was a sophomore, one was a senior. Or, like, when seniors date the freshmen? Yeah. Yeah, fucking perverts. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically why those laws exist. So that way, because in my head, right, I was like, if it, did they say if as long as it's legal and it's appropriate, like so, if eighteen, she's legal and appropriate, right? right. But now that Japan is like thirteen, and now I'm like, maybe eighteen isn't appropriate either. I gotta start banging seventy year olds because I don't know. It really like it really messed up my my ideal of or not my like my my preconceived notions of what was legally. Like, like so 18 is adulthood and legally sexual, right? Yeah. That's what I accepted because that's the law. So mm-hmm. we all accept that. But now I'm like, if it was younger, I would not accept that. I don't no. even want to accept 18 anymore because of that. Yeah, damn. Article ruined my fucking life. <laughs> Which is weird because I'm only been with older women, so it doesn't really affect me. Yeah. Oh. See, my whole thing is, is that uh, whatever age you set uh, people being able to join the military, uh-huh. that's the age you should be able to do anything. Oh, that makes that's a good point. So drink, smoke, gamble, whatever. So So whether that be 18, 19, 20, regardless of what it is, they should all be the same age. I guess there's like a, now in my head there's like a moral mm-hmm. like uh legality. They can say like, oh you can bang a 13 year old. I'm like, no, no, I can't. Morally that's disgusting. Right. I don't care what the law says. And that's because you live in the United States. That's yeah, I guess that's true. Well, no, because, that's a good point. What if culturally in Japan they didn't care? They didn't. Oh, no. It's also, I don't know if it's Japan. or I got to become celibate and a monk because I can't do this. Anymore. I can't handle all this. <laughs> you, you had your world rock last week? Yeah, with the fucking uh, CNC, not, uh, CNC, and now I can't handle this age of consent. I don't, you know what? I'm not going to have sex with anybody. I'm going to just cut my dick off. <laughs> Fuck all the noise. <laughs> like our last episode where you're just going to get it pulled off. Oh, yeah, just get ripped off. <laughs> Get fucking chemically castrated and be done with it. Yeah. Imagine if I got chemically castrated. I'd just be just be writing poetry. <laughs> the most profound shit anyone's ever heard. Because I'm so bent, pent up from not being able to get laid. <laughs> with no sexual desire. Yeah. Just I'm, I, I built a fucking time machine. <laughs> and then you go back to not do it. Don't you cut your dick <laughs> This shit sucks. Worse than I thought. I don't know. Like It's really like I'm taking a step back. Yeah. And thinking about it like no 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 pee pee touching till I figure all this stuff out. <laughs> Nobody, no one. I'm not. I don't know. I'm gonna go celibate for like 16 years. <laughs> no more porn. No more nothing until like it just really rattled my brain. Yeah. Like if I lived in a different culture, would I have a different mindset? That would be like. Well, it's also. I feel like uh, a morally uh, noble person. I guess I like I, I wouldn't steal. I wouldn't. Uh, harm anybody or, or I would you know be a decent human being but now I'm like what if that's just like the culture over here 
Yeah. Well, I'd be a different person somewhere. Like, I could be a drug dealer in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even care. Bandido. I could be fucking just chopping people up and throwing them over the fucking freeway. Yeah. And I'm like, am I... So then maybe like, am I a good person because I'm a good person or because culturally I was raised in this environment to make me a good person? I think it's a little bit of both. I'm fucking... I'm devastated. Uh, again, to my... Rattle, I'm right up to my core again. Every day, <laughs> some shit happens that completely just rattles my entire sense of existence. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> From the tangent. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm truly a man of immense mental thought, and but I lack enough knowledge to know how to use it properly. <laughs> so many ideas. So little way to articulate it. To execute those ideas. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, like you said, back to Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Rob- my cheeseburger. <laughs> we have uh, Robin Williams, who plays a character uh, Daniel Hillard, uh, who is a talented unemployed actor. After he quits his job, he's not that talented. He's unemployed. <laughs> Wait, he, he uh, the reason he's unemployed is because at the beginning of the movie, he's doing voiceover work mm-hmm. for a cartoon where he does the different voices for every different character and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's a uh, like a um, uh, a take on Tom and. Uh, not Tom and Jerry, uh, Sylvester and Tweety. Oh, wow. Where, like, it's a, a, it's not them, but you can see what they're trying to play as. Oh, like the a parody? Yeah. Yeah, where it's, a, like, a, there's a Tweety character and then a Sylvester character. Like, like Roger Rabbit was supposed to be a fill-in for Bugs Bunny? Yeah. And I guess Mickey Mouse, sort of? Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I can't help it. I'd be like, uh, come on, Roger, you're not, you're not the first man to find his wife playing patty cake with another man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I can't get over it. I, always, I, just, I repeat that stuff to my head all the time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he got fired apparently at the beginning of the movie because uh, the cartoon has the normal type of uh, shenanigans that they're doing in those kind of cartoons where the cat's trying to kill the bird and all that. Uh, but then the the um, the end of that scene, they're, he, they're wanting him to voice over the bird as it smokes a cigarette. Saying that it's a good cigarette, basically. And he starts changing it as he sees what's going on. Where he's like, the cigarette is killing me. (laughs) And it pisses off the people. that It's like, redo that. You're supposed to say it in this way because they're sponsors. Mm. And he's like, well, if that's, fuck you. And he walks out. (laughs) So he becomes unemployed. And that's how he becomes unemployed. Man of good morals. Because he doesn't want his kids to learn that kind of stuff. Right. So he's an unemployed actor. I took and one it, hit of cigarettes one time. That was it. I was like 11. I was like, and that was it. Fuck all that. <laughs> the, the, the cigarettes are not fun. No. Cigars, not bad. I'm, I'd probably swallow that shit too. Yeah, but you don't breathe them all the way into your lungs. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, I've been doing the same shit anyway. But I, I breathe them in so hard they come out my asshole. All the smoke. <laughs> Just start just releasing just smoke. blows in my ass. <laughs> so, uh, unemployed actor and a devoted father, loved by his three children. Uh, we have uh, Matthew Lawrence that plays Chris. We have uh, Lisa Jacob is playing a uh, character named Lydia. And then uh, Mara Wilson plays a little girl named Natalie. I'm going to name my kids Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Do <laughs> you like DuckTales? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And they say, woohoo. They've been watching them all be girls. 
So they have normal names, right? Yeah. But it, like it'll be in parentheses, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> Uh, however, his marriage to his workaholic wife, uh, Sally Fields, that plays uh, Miranda, uh, is increasingly uh, strained as uh, the uptight Miranda has grown to dislike her husband's immature and spontaneous behavior. Oh, baby, don't be like that. <laughs> I keep it one in light. Like, he, he loves, like, that's the one thing that you see throughout the entire movie. He loves his kids. He must be really bad and bad. Well, she never says that. She says because he doesn't take stuff seriously. Yeah, but I mean, come on. If the bed was banging, that'd be the least of her problems. <laughs> uh, the uh, character Daniel, he hires a mobile petting zoo and throws a large party for his son, Chris. Oh, Despite knowing his wife would not allow it. Oh, baby, don't be like that. After receiving a complaint from her nosy ass neighbor that at her business. Oh, I would be fucking. Because Man, don't she's, you ever come into my fucking work? Because she's like a designer for houses and stuff like uh -huh. that. So you, you see the old lady pick up the phone and call. Because it's like, oh, this motherfucker brought in. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't have fun, ain't no one having no fun around here. Exactly. So but, she calls and tattles on him. <laughs> oh, she wasn't there? No. Wait, that. He was going to have it cleaned up by the time she got home. Because he was trying to uh, uh, like celebrate his son's birthday. Yeah, but you have the mom has to be. Uh, that's a bit of a on his part like even though she had like you can't have a birthday party for your son and the mom like oh sorry honey <laughs> that would be fucked up well she walks in like uh there, there's a zoo outside yeah <laughs> an entire petting zoo there's a cop saying uh ma'am you can't have these animals in front of your house and she lives uh against the city ordinances and all that kind of stuff because they're not supposed to have uh like livestock so he's bothering her as she's walking up to the house and she does that kind of like freak out thing. Like what the fuck? <laughs> she walks in, he's up there on a table dancing with his uh, two kids where, where they're uh, dancing to rap. Jesus. <laughs> like the old school rap though from the 90s. <laughs> Before we got the mumble rap that we have now <laughs> where you can't understand a fucking word. This is like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air type rap. Oh, well, what's his song? Uh, uh, Fuck! I remember the, the beginning where he like he gets into a fight, he gets helicoptered, in the beginning of the fucking theme song. Uh -oh. and one little fight, and mom got scared. Like he ends up, like, yeah, like he like the guy picks him up and like he just spins him around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they actually referenced that guy and as like a, a fourth wall break. Yeah, it's like like because Will's telling him about the guy like this one guy that beat me up like who you know the guy at the, the beginning of the theme song he spins me around and like that guy legitimately like from the fucking view you can tell like they sped it up but that was really spinning him around. She was do fucking you, hilarious. Now uh, do you, do you know the actual uh, song to the beginning? What in West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground where I spent most of my days. I know a little bit of it. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. The one was like, like I got into one little fight. That's all I know. Said moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. He gets fucking shot. And then he whistled for a cab and went. Uh, <laughs> it had dice in the mirror. Someone, someone watched a lot of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air more than me. I grew up poor. It came on <laughs> UPN whenever UPN still existed. Ah, UPN. <laughs> not, not the mail service. You know, that's UPS. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the old school where it had the, the circle, the triangle, and the square for the look. UPN, us poor network. <laughs> <laughs> I had UPN as well. Us poor network. Man. Or your poor network. No, oh, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. To 
It's like, you're poor. You, you watch this. You poor network. <laughs> Enjoy some fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Exactly. So uh, after receiving the complaint at her business from a neighbor, Miranda decides this is the last straw and demands a divorce. Oh, baby, don't be fight. like that. Yeah. Come on, baby. Uh, since Daniel has no steady source of income or home, Miranda gets primary custody of their children. Oh, fuck. Uh, Daniel has visitation rights limited to Saturday evenings, devastating him as he uh, adores his children. Yeah. And that is, again, that's the whole thing of the whole movie. He loves his kids. And they don't hate him. They don't like... You know how you get a lot of those kind of like stereotypical movies where they just hate the father anyway? Like, in this movie, the kids love their dad. Where it's totally different than a lot of them. Uh, the judge acknowledges this and agrees to consider a joint custody arrangement if Daniel can hold down a job and create a suitable home within three months. Get to work, Daniel. <laughs> so when Daniel learns that Miranda intends to hire a housekeeper <laughs> and is unwilling to let Daniel take care of his kids, he contacts Miranda by uh, on the phone pretending to be an old lady. After he does other calls before that, that makes her think, who the fuck is people are these people out here where he's like he, he plays the redneck lady where it's like shut up clinginess yeah i was calling about that job that you had so he's basically building bad uh, yes employees so that his mrs doubtfire will be the one that she picks yes so he's a fucking sociopath because <laughs> he can do voices so he oh. does a bunch of different voices god a lot of red flags up here <laughs> he does like a uh, a russian lady's voice where it's like the kids they go to bed <laughs> where it's like she just hangs up <laughs> she's like nope jesus so uh, he contacts her, pretending to be an old lady, and uh, no. <laughs> she she asks him his name. So he looks at a newspaper and sees a headline containing the words "doubt fire" because it's like a house fire or something like that, where it's like there's doubt in the fire. Like Kaiser Sose from Unusual Just our seeing shit on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and he says, Doubtfire. Uh, Daniel uses his acting talents and enlists the help of his brother, Frank, uh, which is a makeup artist. I'll go to jail. <laughs> and he, he's got his boyfriend there. So, like, whenever he goes up to him, he's like, make me a woman. <laughs> and he wants to be the old lady. And his brother is like, I thought you would never... <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and his partner, uh, Jack... Uh, the uh, the guy that plays Frank, which is his brother, is uh, Harvey Firstein, not Weinstein. Firstein, God dang Weinstein. Uh, and uh, his uh, gay uh, partner is uh, named Jack, but he's played by uh, Scott uh, Capuro. I don't know if that's a, a famous person that you would remember or not. No, maybe but, I saw him. So, so back there, you just see by face. Yeah, but not well, his name. brother, you would know. Like I don't know is I don't I wouldn't know him by his name Harvey, but you would know him if you actually oh, seen saw him. him. Yeah, easily because he's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, but he asks them to transform and form him into uh, Miss Euphagina Doubtfire. Euphagina. Euphagina. Have <laughs> you seen something that said like Euphia or something? Oh God! Like you just put the name together. A 60-year-old British nanny, so he himself can apply for the position. Manda, uh, Miranda is delighted with Mrs. Doubtfire and hires her on the spot. The two uh, quickly begin to form a friendship, despite the ch children struggling to adjust to their new caretaker. Daniel, as Mrs. Doubtfire, is now able to see his kids every day and uses this opportunity to be the firm father figure he wasn't before. The firm father figure? Yeah, because he used to be the fun, the yeah, fun dad. Yeah, the fun so. dad. Yeah, the Phil basically. 
Yeah. To, to the, uh, the, the Claire. Yes. From Modern Family. Yep. Uh, eventually, the children begin to respond favorably to Mrs. Delphire's methods, and Miranda is able to heal her rocky relationship with them. Because she was always the one that was having to say no. Yeah. And even though when he had a job as a, uh, a voice actor, he was still the fun parent. So he didn't have to deal with all that. Uh, she uh, she heals her, uh, her rocky relationship with them and with Daniel as well, who begins to improve himself through his alter ego by learning gourmet cooking and refurnishing his new apartment. Uh, gourmet cooking. Yeah, because he had to learn how to cook so that way he could be a nanny. <laughs> Uh, for a while, Daniel is able to keep up the charade, despite nearly being discovered by his caseworker, Miss Sellner, uh, played by uh, Anne Haney, and uh, attempting to break up his ex-wife's relationship with Stuart Dreymeyer, which is Pierce Bronson. You're in the movie. Pierce Bronson? Mm-hmm. You're not beating Pierce Bronson. James <laughs> <Dave> Bond. <laughs> And uh, that's the uh, whenever the the uh, the caseworker comes over to make sure that his house is clean for the children and stuff like that to come over. That's where you get that. Oh, hello, hello. With the the, <laughs> the makeup, cream. his face was like uncovered or something. Yeah, yeah. Where he shoved it in a cake, yeah. and it's all this frosting, and he's handing her a glass. He's like, uh, she said, uh, a tea with uh, two uh, cubes of sugar. And it's like it just drips off his face. God. <laughs> He's like, oh, there's two. Oh, one more. Jesus. <laughs> it just dripping frosting into her uh, her tea. It's like, would fuck? there be a caseworker in a divorce like that? I have to check on uh, to make sure that everything is safe for the children. Yeah. And at the mom's in the, in the 90s, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like, you just divorce. Like, you, you just assume both parents are capable. But since he didn't have a job at the time. Yeah, but it's at the, the mom's house, though, isn't it? So why is the caseworker... The case no, she's going over to check on... Daniel? Yes. So basically what happened was, is whenever Daniel was going home, he was still dressed in his Mrs. Doubtfire suit. Uh, yeah. So he had to go up there. And when, like, they met at Uh-oh. Daniel's door. And she's like, oh, I'm his sister. So he's just, just fabricating lie after lie. Yeah, pretty much. Just, just to see his kids. That's all. It, uh, that's all it ever was for. So whenever uh, they go up there into the apartment, uh, he has to play both characters at the same time in the apartment. Jesus, <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Pretty like, much it breaks down. <laughs> I just want to see my kids. <laughs> uh, he, I. Uh, <laughs> He attempts to break up his ex-wife's relationship with Pierce Bronson, uh, her new boyfriend. Who I'm going to do a Miss Doubtfire remake where he ends up being a fucking brutal serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> he just killed the, the, the caseworker of Pierce Bronson. He's just fucking... Uh, I want my children. <laughs> uh, and, and then he, like the, 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 the heart like, oh, hello. Every time he kills one of them, oh, hello. <laughs> So his wife ends up killing. That would be. That'd be fucked up. It would be fucked up. I do not have a a, a normal brain. No. Uh, he also realizes uh, he has trapped himself with the Mrs. Doubtfire facade. Uh, as when he once again asks Miranda to take care of the children, she responds that she could never get rid of Mrs. Delphire. You'll never get rid of me. Oh, hello. <laughs> as she has made their lives so much better. And what's funny, too, is that uh, every time he goes home, he takes a bus after he leaves the uh, the house that she uh, like uh, 
the kids and everything went yeah. in. He takes a bus back to his apartment that he's got, but there's this creepy ass old bus driver where he's like, I like him the way he built like you. It's another kill for Mrs. <laughs> oh, hello. Uh, Daniel is discovered when Chris accidentally walks in on him using the restroom. That's another murder right there. His son? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That, that movie sure turned quick. I thought he wanted to see his kids. Yeah. Well, he said, uh, I need to go. I need you to go use the powder room. And he gets up. Fucking just blows that bathroom up. No, he's standing up pissing. Oh, fuck. Be weird to see. Because the, the door's closed. This is downfire. You got so he's like, what the fuck? You got some dick. Okay. That's what he says he's got everything. Oh, God. <laughs> he then explains to Lydia and Chris that he dresses as Mrs. Doubtfire only to see them every day. Which, it's like, they're happy, basically, once yeah. they see like, that. Oh, it's yeah. you, Father? Father? <laughs> he also warns them not to tell their mother, as he would likely end up jail. He might never see his kids again. <laughs> oh, wow, some real fucking actual consequences. Yeah. Like, I'm going to jail. Keep your mouth <laughs> and he also tells them not to tell their little sister, Natalie, as she is too young to understand she might reveal the truth and... Tattle on him, basically. If you tell anyone, I'll kill Ollie. <laughs> Just fucking losing his shit. Uh, both children are happy to have their father back in their lives and agree to keep the secret. Meanwhile, at the TV station where Daniel picked up his, this new job, uh, where he's boxing uh, like film and stuff like that up as like a shipping clerk, uh, the station CEO, Jonathan Lundy, played by uh, Robert Prosky. You think you could be able to get like another voice acting job like it just immediately fell, I think, fell through the rails and just started picking up a random job well i think whenever uh they just fucking blacklisted him yeah Jesus. I think that's what happened uh the uh ceo sees him clowning with toy dinosaurs on the set of a children's program fucking fires that's extremely him. boring just fucking fires the fuck out of him <laughs> uh, uh and he's impressed enough to schedule a dinner meeting with him to hear his new ideas because he tries to make it fun for kids instead of just, here's a Brontosaurus. What is it, Barney? <laughs> just I'm Barney. How are you? <laughs> I, that'll be a hard move with Bonnie, too. With Barney. I love you. You love me. That's the way it's gonna be. <laughs> it's like, Barney, you're scaring me. Good. So then you have Stuart. He's planning to celebrate Miranda's birthday by taking the family out to the same restaurant at the same time that he's going to be meeting the CEO. And Mrs. Doubtfire is also invited. So he's got to meet the CEO. Uh, and then I get Sue again. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Daniel tries to postpone his dinner with the, uh, the CEO, but the CEO is booked. And Daniel realizes he cannot cancel the appointment at that point. You got to get that job. Yeah. At the restaurant, Daniel attempts to rotate between, back and forth between the CEO and his family. I would just lie as Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, I, 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 I tell Miranda, I, I got, I got the shits. Well, no, that's what she, that's what he does with her, where he's like, "Oh, I need to go. Oh, it's making me gassy." <laughs> where he runs into the women's restroom to change back into himself. I was one standing behind this older man. Like older man yeah. inside of a uh, standing behind him at a half price book, so a good distance. I'm like not not directly behind, right? right? And he just blew ass, just, <laughs> just in front of everybody. And don't give no, no one acknowledged. No one said anything. I'm standing there all traumatized. It hit me in the face, right behind him. Like, <laughs> if you had hair, it would have went back. If I had hair, it'd have fallen off. <laughs> well, it did. So, it just well, that, 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 that
That was the day that you lost. But man, your that hair. was that was a weird fucking like he just like he just let out a fucking and it was like a mean part like a, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so, that type of fart that you hit so hard in the toilet it ripples the water. <laughs> creates waves. That's a fart right there. <laughs> All right. So at the restaurant, Daniel attempts to rotate back and forth between uh, the CEO and his family using the restroom to change back and forth from himself to Mrs. Dalfire. And he's getting more and more fucked up as the like uh, appearances back and forth. No, as in like he's drinking with the CEO, Scotch. Oh, so he just comes back all fucked (laughs) up. And then, oh, uh, hello. <laughs> he also dumps uh, cayenne pepper on Stewart's uh, order of jambalaya, an ingredient that he's allergic to, so he starts choking. That's fucked up. <laughs> so he is a fucking serial killer. Uh, he also becomes increasingly intoxicated throughout the evening and forgets to remove his costume before going back to the CEO tables once. Is that some random old lady? He covers for the mistake by explaining to the CEO that his alter ego is merely his idea for the new TV persona. The CEO is uh, once again impressed and agrees to develop the character into a possible television program. Just making that money. Uh, At that moment, Daniel notices that Stuart is choking on the pepper and out of regret, administers the Heimlich maneuver. However, his mask tears off. Wait, if he's allergic, would it matter? Well, he'd just start choking on it. Uh Oh, I think like where his uh, whatever he was eating, uh, since he has an allergic reaction to it, his throat was starting to close up a little bit, Jeez. so he couldn't swallow the food. <laughs> and he got caught, just fucking killing him in the process. Yeah. So he's wearing the Mrs. Doubtfire's costume basically at that point. So when he goes to go do the Heimlich maneuver, he's like behind him, just <laughs> just fucking raping his ass. Jesus. The whole mask falls off, like the Mrs. Doubtfire mask falls off. Uh, <laughs> Revealing his true identity. Horrified and outraged at who her housekeeper really is, Miranda storms out with her children. I don't blame her. That's the most human reaction I've heard in the whole movie. <laughs> at the, uh, at the, he might go to jail too, if I'm being honest. We didn't. He should have. Uh, at the later court hearing, Daniel makes an impassioned plea to the judge, saying he created the disguise merely to spend time with his beloved children. Please, I won't make it in jail. <laughs> don't make me do voices. <laughs> All kinds of voices. But the judge gives Miranda full custody of the children while limiting Daniel to supervised visitation rights once a week as he finds his be- uh, behavior disturbing. Uh, thank you, judge. <laughs> a normal person. <laughs> this is a real fucked up. I'm going to be honest with you, Daniel. <laughs> Without Mrs. Doubtfire, the children again are withdrawn and depressed, and Miranda admits that their lives were much better with her. However, they are surprised and delighted to see Mrs. Doubtfire and the star of the CEO's new television program, uh, Euphagina's House. Oh, God. He couldn't change the name, at least? No. <laughs> uh, it quickly becomes the highest rated program in its time slot, creating the possibility that the show 4 will, be, <laughs> will be aired nationwide. Upon realizing how happy the children are, and she herself is, without Mrs. Doubtfire... Uh, Miranda play, uh, pays Daniel a visit on the set and tells him that she doesn't want to keep hurting the children over the custody issues and that she knows the children were much happier with Mrs. Doubtfire and therefore her, their father and their lives. 
She forgives him for his deceit, uh, sorts things out with the courts, allows Daniel unlimited access to the children, and the two make up. Unlimited power! <laughs> uh, Daniel picks up the kids to, uh, to spend the afternoon with them, and Miranda watches an episode of Daniel's show in which Mrs. Doubtfire answers a letter from another child of divorce asking for advice. She explains that no matter what type of living arrangement such children may have, love will always maintain the bond of the family. Aww, that's so sweet. it ends in a nice way. So they don't get back together? No, them too. No. That's interesting. So they stay divorced, but... Imagine if they go back together and she makes them wear the Miss Doubtfire outfit. (laughs) Oh, hello. Hello. In the bedroom, like, ugh. (laughs) They feel so freaked. That's sweet. That was sort of a realistic end. Yeah. To a ridiculous situation. Yeah. So within the entire thing, that's the reason why I say it's not drag. Because he's not doing it for him. He's not even doing it as like a performance or anything like that. He's just doing it as like, this is the only way I can fucking see my kids. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. And then he got a show out of it. So. Making fucking, making that money. <laughs> making that bank. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> I'm here to kill you now. <laughs> hello. He'd be breaking the, break the window down instead of saying, here's Johnny. Oh, hello. <laughs> With frosting falling off his oh, face. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be horrifying. You guys ever heard of the Mrs. Doubtfire killings of 1993? <laughs> 87 people. 87. Fucking got crazy. Be like, there'd be a sequel like 20 years later where one of the kids survived. <laughs> yeah, my father was a crazy man. <laughs> so overall, it's a, uh, it's obviously a. I haven't uh, seen that. I, I can't believe I've never seen that movie. Yeah. It's almost like one of those required viewings from just American pop it culture. Is, it really is. It like, really just is. like everyone's seen, you know, like movies you've everyone's seen, like The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. The Lion King, The Little Mermaid, Toy Story. Yeah. Now see Mrs. Doubtfire. And the sad thing is, is that uh, by today's standards, its runtime is extremely short. It's like an hour and a half. It's 130, huh? Yeah. Like extremely short. And they still packed all that stuff into it. It's good storytelling. Yeah. Now what happened to that? Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to think that like the studio is just like kind of metal too much and writers. I think so too. Like let them just write a good story. I mean, look what happened with the Snyderverse. Look what happened with Shazam. I bet the writer that actually like wrote Shazam had a decent script. And then they just they just the Rock's like no. Nah. We're going to do it my way. No, I'm the rock. <laughs> the people's champ, the most electrified man in sports. He said the whole line the whole time. And and then with the all the requirements that his contract sh- uh, shows. And yeah, stuff like, like I can't lose a fight. I can't this or that. Uh-huh. Like, so it kind of, it'd, be hard, it'd be hard to write under that constraint. Yeah, I agree. So I, like, I, I won't blame writers. as like Completely. I, like, I, know, I know before I said like it's always the writers, but it can't be because they have to be good writers or they wouldn't get a job. Unless they're doing a remake of a movie that exists. Then it is the writer's fault because you had nothing original. Uh, so or, at that point, I'll blame him. Or whoever wrote uh, somehow Palpatine returned. Whoever wrote that one, whoever wrote that line, whoever wrote the Star Wars movies, the last ones. Oh my god! Like you could have followed the fucking Star Wars don't, books. Don't try it, Anakin. Have the high ground. I I love the the prequels. Yeah, and the sad thing, you is, know what? Like I guess the first one, the Force. Uh, Awakens, mm-hmm. and then the second one was what was it called the Last Jedi. I think so. Yeah, the, the third one. The third one was called the Rise of the Skywalker. They had a completely different story from the second one to the th- the third one was a, a unbelievably different. Mm-hmm. And someone like just tore it apart. 
I think from the very first one they did. Like apparently there was going to be like uh, a, a Sith entity that was so powerful that Kylo Ren was going to run into on some uh, some d- desolate uh, planet. It was like 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 a, an entity of the Sith from like aeons ago, and then he was going to have like a shadow fight with Darth Vader. There was going to be a fight on Coruscant. Ray was going to get like a double blade sword, like it was going to be a staff, right? Mm-hmm. But with two lightsabers on either end. Like and like, they completely threw that away and just put Palpatine. Somehow, Palpatine returned. Yeah, it it was all a nightmare. The way they killed Luke, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like they gave him like seriously, he's the last Jedi. He's supposed to be like the strongest Jedi, and then they just eh, kind of threw him off. Like has a stroke in some distant planet and passes out. Yeah, it was just stupid. Like I said, if they would have followed the books that were written after the movies, those chapter books, those all that. uh there was so much they could have used from that. Like, you don't have to follow the line perfectly or anything, but since they become non-canon, I think, right? They're called uh, Legacy. Yeah. Or le- yeah, Legends. Star yeah. Wars Legends. Anything that's non-canon is called Legends. But they were good. Like, they, there was, like, the Force Ghosts of Vader later on. A Vader Ghost? Instead yeah. of uh, Anakin? Yeah. Well, a- Anakin, like, where he was uh, without the Vader stuff. What's up? I'm handsome. Till Obi-Wan chopped my fucking shit off. So like you had the you had force ghosts and stuff like that, but I don't know. Like it, there was just more um, lore. Glad I'm not a Star Wars fan. That that that. Deep. I, well, after I seen that they made those non-canon, it's like well, fuck it all. <laughs> I was like, well, and I never really followed Star Wars. Doesn't affect back, me that much, right? As long as they can make Obi Wan Kenobi the beast that he is. Oh God! Hello he, there. He sucked that shit in that movie, the or the TV show. Oh, he was great. He was horrible. Hello there. Explain to me how he lost all his fucking powers. Um, uh, guilt. That, that's not gonna fucking <laughs> fucking kind of bullshit. In the, <laughs> like the worst. Like it, it's with Captain Marvel, where it's like it's this uh, this thing where she can't use her full powers, and then all of a sudden she can. Also guilt. Stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Like at least come up with a good reason. It's it's in their mind. Well, what if he was just. <laughs> You're just addicted to cocaine. That would have been better. That would have been a reason. Yeah, he had this a whole episode of him fucking detoxing. Oh god, like his movie from uh, what was it called? Uh, Train Spotting, where the actor that played Ewan McGregor played a drug addict in that movie. Yeah, he had a detox. And he was fucked up in that detox. Seeing a baby crawl up on the fucking ceiling. And screaming at him, and he's just like fucking sweating. He's fucking dead. He's just fucking falling apart. <laughs> so that moment will come out and Kenobi detox. They come back and beat up Darth Vader. <laughs> but well, I don't have Disney Plus because it's just getting expensive. Especially Hulu, eighteen dollars Hulu. You're not Netflix. You're not even worth it. Like you're not worth eighteen dollars. You're not. You're not worth ten. I'll give you eight at the most for the. Give me the ads. <laughs> I'll take the fucking ads. What I hated about uh, Hulu is that even if you did pay for the premium version with the no ads, there were still shows that had, had their the own ads. ads. Yeah. yeah, it's like what the. F- I mean, like Tubi has shown no one gives a shit. No, about like, for, uh, ads. for ads. Yeah. That shit is free. Yeah, I'll watch it fifteen ads if I have to. And well, they're like a minute, so they're still shorter than what you would see on like uh, regular broadcast TV. Yeah, they though their ads are fucking horrendous, and they're like dude, five minutes long. So like my favorite show, my favorite late night talk show, late night with Craig Craig Ferguson, Craig Craig, the late late show with Craig Ferguson. 
uh, was uh, I looked at the runtime on Wikipedia. It's like thirty nine minutes, right? But the show's an hour, mm-hmm. so it's like twenty one minutes. Twenty minutes of ads. Uh, yes. Holy yeah. shit! That's how every like uh, broadcast TV. That's how L- uh, every show was. So like Stargate, Stargate was an hour show, but, but it, was it wasn't minutes. an hour show. It was forty minutes, right? It's and that, that was the like standard for a really long time. And they really, they would push for hour shows just to add more ads. Yes. Oh, man, mm-hmm. streaming services they're uh, they're getting expensive and they're ridiculous. Uh, there's not enough quality to justify the quantity of the amount, you know, the mm-hmm. money. No, not at all. Hey, you can at least watch Mrs. Dalfire on Tubi. Or you can watch Ahsoka on uh man, there's something about Rosario Dawson. <laughs> Never mind. I got I got to go back to being celibate. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I got to let I got to let all those sins out of my fucking brain <laughs> till I can figure out this 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 just this weird this world. This weird like thing going on in my head. <laughs> uh, well, Watch me fucking ascend. Well, <laughs> like I'm just standing here like, oh, and I just fucking disappear. <laughs> You'd be like, what? <laughs> well, if you guys listened to our last uh, episode on Wednesday, you would have heard uh, Noe learn a new have word. another fucking full on meltdown. You would have heard a new word that he learned. A new fucking, a new t- entire fucking phase or, or like kink that, that I, c- I cannot accept. <laughs> I will not accept it. That is not an appropriate king for anybody. I don't give a shit what you say. If it's consent, I don't get it. Shut the fuck up. Anything else to add before we head out? It's like my brain is like too big for my head now. <laughs> Slowly unraveling at the seams. <laughs> we'll see it's like a, like a string holding me from the depths of madness. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs>